0: I think I preferred the ending where you said the world was happy and the world was happy. We can cut this. Well, I say we, you can cut this. We're back again with episode seven of the Run of Play podcast. A fresh take on football with no filter, no sensor, and no suits. Alongside Abby, Liam, Cameron, and myself, Elliot, today is Manchester City fan and presenter Kyle Walker as we take a look at some of the biggest talking points from the weekend and our thoughts for the rest of the season. Let's do it.
1: Thank you so much for joining us Kyle, um, obviously even after a nightmare weekend for Manchester City so uh, we're very happy to have you with us um, and excited to have you on the show, looking forward to getting your views on things uh, but before we get into things, um, Kyle can you tell the listeners a quick intro about what you're up to at the moment and how you got into being a presenter in the football world? Yeah
2: so my name is Kyle Walker not that one as everyone (laughs) always uh, explains me and introduces me as uh, and i am a, a football presenter broadcaster so i work for bbc radio manchester have my own radio show with those and also i work for manchester city ea lots of different people when the football season's on i'm normally very very busy um how i got into presenting and broadcasting, um, right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. I got into a taxi and Pep Guardiola was sat in the taxi, um, which yeah, was a bit crazy. It was a bit mind blowing. <laughs> um, and after that, it kind of snowballed from there. And yeah, that's kind of how I, I fell into it. Did, did, you, did you take that
0: opportunity? What were you like, I'm just gonna ask you a quick question while we're here. <laughs> and like, yeah. what was
2: it? <laughs> so what <laughs> happened was, um, I had done a little bit of presenting with a fan channel uh, for Manchester City. They knew I was a City fan. The people at Man City had seen that, asked me to come in as a fan and film this video. Um, I got into this taxi not having a clue what was going to happen. All they told me was, when you get in the taxi, watch your head on the cameras and put your seatbelt on. I got in there. And I realized that, yeah, Pep was sat right there and he greeted me, said, hello, Kyle. And I melted into the chair (laughs) and then very quickly turned and said, oh, Kyle, come on. You need to be cool in this situation. Two weeks later, my agent, because I was was acting at the time, um, got a phone call, was saying, can Kyle come in and do some work for us? And literally from there, started doing more and more.
0: Wow. Did you
3: think you were going to be playing? Is that what you (laughs) were (laughs) hoping?
2: There's actually a clip of it on YouTube, and I do say, if you need me at any point, I will, I'll do anything. And I offered to take him for a drink, and he's still not taking me up on it. But, Mm. you know, it's okay. Yeah. Do you play right back as well, Carl? (laughs) Uh, Oh, I can play anywhere. I'm like Dion Dublin, up front, (laughs) in the net. Anywhere you need me, I'll play.
1: Surprised he didn't take you up on that drink after the game the other day.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh, don't get me started on that. He looks like he needs a drink because it's... um, (laughs) a difficult time at Man City let's just say that <laughs> Yeah. said I, no one ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like <know>, it really <laughs> <tough. laughs>
3: I think with that obviously um, that will be one of the games this weekend the other one um, that us four were all watching many of us as well was um, the handball decision that went against Spurs in the last minute um, a similar thing happened to Palace the day before as well um, I think it is the biggest talking point at the moment we were mm. talking before we came on about the projected penalties for this season I think it's something like 290 or penalties and it's normally around 100 um, so yeah, we're in for a lot of goals, but I think um, our feelings on it are it's it was it was interesting before actually, Elliot, because you were sort of adamant that that wasn't a penalty. Cam sort of said the ref was in his right mind. Yeah, so, I well, think it's just working uh, up what we actually think about it. because i have seen a lot of different opinions.
4: Well, I think the laws, the issue is 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 the mm. problem. So the laws, the refs, not the problem in that situation. I think you could probably have a go at the ref for like the decision of the free kick for the Spurs one or like, you know, other decisions within the game, but for the handball rule, he's gone to see has it hit his hand because the rule is if it hits his hand and his hand isn't in a the silhouette is what they're calling it, isn't it? So, and it has hit his hand in the penalty box. So it is a penalty, but I don't agree with it because it's, he could do nothing about it. And we all having played football or watched football or however, you know, we've got into it. We all know deliberate handball is, it has always been the law. So yeah. I I don't think it should have been a penalty, obviously, but, um, but yeah, the law is the one that needs to be changed. It's not VAR's fault and it's not no, the referee's fault. No,
2: It's so annoying because these laws have been adapted and things have been, uh, well, have changed essentially. And you look at it and you go, well, yes, it is the letter of the law, but common sense, when does that come yeah, into play? It's Why it's isn't it coming like that, into yeah. play? Because yes, that's what VAR is there to do. VAR should be able to look at that and go, and the referee runs to the monitor, which they've been encouraged to do. And you think he would look at it and go, well, Dyer's looking the other way. He's, mm-hmm. he's half a yard in front of him and the ball has mm-hmm. been headed onto his arm. He's not looking yeah. at it. How is that handball?
0: You know, you know, when you find on Twitter, all these people who have like gone through the FA rule book and like found that <laughs> paragraph on- yeah, that Subsection 1413. I, yeah, yeah. I never know if it's real, but like apparently there's a rule that's like about discretion. And yeah. like you can use your discretion. And if a player's, not look, if a player's half a yard away, um, I think you can feel what side I'm coming down on this argument on. If a player's <laughs> half an, uh, a yard away and it's hit the back of his arm, surely use, yeah, like you said, Carl, use some common sense.
1: But then again, and I totally I didn't no. think it was a penalty oh, at all, no, but no, then just, just to argue with Cam on it is that technically... If he's been told, well, this season you've got to yeah. be more consistent, even though they haven't been consistent because there's plenty, the Gabrielle mm-hmm. ones brings to mind that also hit his arm and they didn't give it. But if they're trying to be more consistent and take back their power, so to mm-hmm. speak, then he's gone to look at the monitor, he sees it hits, he, it hits his hand, regardless if it's a ridiculous decision or not. So he's given it.
4: Mm. There's, you know, I think with, when they brought in the, the attacking handball rule last season, where it was like if the ball hits your hand and then it results in a goal. Um, it's, it's not a goal because it's hit your hand in the, in, hmm. but when they brought that in I thought okay so if you put your ball in to the back of the net with your hand it's not going to count for me that's a perfect rule Like even if it is accidental you, you take away all the doubt you say okay well it's not a goal because it's hit his hand and then gone into the goal then the way they implemented the rule I mean, we all saw it like scuffed against Declan Rice's like Bicep, it's, it's and then just... they disallow like a game equalising. You know, big big moments in the game that happen again with Spurs with Lucas Moura, and, yeah, and against, Sheffield United. The Sheffield game. But like, you know, that it just feels like they're they're almost there with the with the rules, but then they have no discretion and common sense when it comes
0: to actually mm. the implementation of it exactly. why, why are we the best league. why are we the best league in the world with the worst referees mm. that's, that's
2: I've cool. not I've not heard either of you bring up the one against Manchester City though not the, is it. That is that the yeah. that's because that it, hip, hip, yeah, <laughs> <that's laughs> it hit it's hit on. On. As as have, I have you not read <laughs> subsection two four is interesting though <laughs> isn't it because one of my friends he's a English football league assistant so a linesman and he messaged me when I put it on my Instagram story and he said, it's technically right. And I said, yeah, but it doesn't really make sense. This new rule, like, is it the way forward? And he says, well, try being the fools having to enforce it. So I think that <laughs> even the officials are, are struggling with this new rule
4: definitely you could see the refs even I can't remember exactly which one it was this weekend where they were like I'm sorry that it is I think it was the Palace game where he was like I'm sorry like, I don't to think to it's, it's a, it. a penalty but yeah. it's like sort it of giving someone a parking ticket isn't it and they're like yeah. I don't want to it's only one minute past but yeah. yes I am going to give you a yeah. ticket
0: <laughs> they do definitely want to give it though don't they yeah, yeah. that's the difference actually um, onto specific, more specific games. Um, Manchester United. So they are taking penalties to the next level, uh, even scoring one after the final whistle. I feel like I feel like they're on the opposite spectrum to Spurs of like decisions going for them. Um, but there was a couple of like, well, it was a, first of all it was an amazing game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to compliment uh, United. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, but, Not too um, much you know what, what do we make of the game like the the more paper and acre in celebration you know Brighton I think actually not Brighton just hit the woodwork but who was it who hit the woodwork trossard, yeah three Trossard oh, hat trick
4: of hitting the crossbar Tarek
0: Lamptey don't know why Chelsea let him go like so many great things that, that came out of that game what do we what do we think
2: It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously it's Manchester United. Growing (laughs) up, I was uh, on a Monday morning at school, bullied every single week by (laughs) United fans. But you look at that one and all I can think is only Manchester United would end a game Mm -hmm. like that. They'd end the game after the the equaliser. So they're absolutely gutted. And then VAR pulls it back and Mm. the final whistle's done. You get the notification on your phone to say that it's two all. Mm. And then they get a penalty to say... Yeah, that Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. You get another notification. They've got this penalty <laughs> and only Manchester United could do it. But I mean, it was rightly given, which mm. you've got to say, even though it is Manchester United, mm. it was rightly given. And that's kind of where you've got to respect the laws of the game. And it's interesting mm. because it proves how powerful VAR is in a way that... Well, the game can be over and it can still be reviewing some of the action that's happened in the the build up mm. to the end of but, that. But final should that whistle.
1: should that even be allowed? Like if know, the it's, whistle it's goes, is that it? it? Like where does Saved it kind by of the stop? Belt. Yeah. Where, where, Saved where, by the
0: bell, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> where, where, <laughs> over. Like, I, I agree. I think yeah. if the whistle's gone, the whistle's gone. It's, if he's it's knocked too late. out a
0: boxer and there's only eight seconds to go, what's the tolerance? That's what I'm thinking. Like mm. what, what? how far can you go back and, like, you're all in the dressing room. All right, VAR's pulled <laughs> it back and naturally I, like back out, I
4: think that did happen in Italy or something. When, yeah, in right the like early Germany, implementation yeah. of VAR, they brought them They brought them brought, back they brought out and yeah. they were like, it's a penalty. Did <laughs> they yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, where do you draw the line on it? When does it become a bit, like, farcical that they've done that? And also, I'm excited, I'd be interested to see if that happens again this season, if it's not United, if they do the, the same thing. About, or they yeah. just... Yeah, you know, like little like... old Fulham or someone like that. Would they do the same thing?
3: Fulham won't get in the other team's box. But that's a true. That's true, a problem, true. Like, we'll, <laughs>
1: we'll
4: come on to Fulham um,
1: later. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, I think with that as well, it's like j- just one last thing on that is like I didn't actually watch that game. I saw it all on Twitter and everything. But so did the did the whistle go immediately after the penalty went in, yeah. or was there no, another game so,
2: game? so yeah, so what had happened was the game had ended, and yeah. then they reviewed the the situation that went to a penalty, they scored hmm. the penalty, and then yeah. But they, they, then by, they blew the whistle.
1: They then
3: then said that's the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. So my question was gonna be, that's what I thought. So they didn't then go to another kickoff and then, None and really. then so what happens if it like, if the keeper saved it, and then, or like
4: they probably would have called it, call it rebound back
1: rebound. again and again until United scored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, like, was, like, was, like, was he allowed to score the That's rebound? Like, like I think would I, it, would it think
4: have been? There was that discussion, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah. well, surely then, if it is the last kick of the game, yeah. if he if he does miss, it should be like a you know a penalties shootout. It's like he's missed it. Okay, That's game it. over. Even if he does go, come back to his feet. Yeah, it's such a. I mean, it's opened up all of these debates that we didn't so think we would ever. Debates.
2: Can you? Score? And here we are talking about VAR when we said when it came into play that it's going to take all of the talk out of the game
1: absolutely and that's the only thing you talk about it's very rare you sit there and say that var has done something good it's uh, it's not but uh, while we're on the topic of penalties kyle um jamie vardy so he's um obviously, <laughs> obviously still got it um city are looking all over the place at the minute um you're you're a very sad face <laughs> right now <laughs> What what do you think needs to happen then for for Sissi to try and challenge Liverpool again? I I thought you'd come back much stronger this season, which you haven't so far. And I mean,
2: it's hard, isn't it? Because the first game against Wolves, we looked brilliant, we looked great. Is that because Wolves had had a very long season previously as well? Possibly. Then you come up against Leicester, who have had an actual pre-season, they've had a chance to work together. look at some of the city players they've had five days to work together after international breaks and everything like that it's not enough and we got away with it with Wolves but Leicester really taught us a, a lesson in a way because we weren't ready we weren't prepared we're playing a different formation you've got Rodri you've got Fernandinho playing together in a double pivot I mean we've not done that before we've changed formation completely you're playing players out of position We've still not replaced Vincent Company, which we're trying desperately to do with this new centre-back coming in. And that's where the issues, I think, start is there's been things for a few years, then you add in injuries, then you add in people who have tested positive or have to self-isolate because of COVID-19. It's hurdle after hurdle, and we've just got a very slow start. Do you think Pep knows
4: your best 11? Because, I mean, he's always...
1: Chopping and changing. Chopping it. and
4: changing and like, what's your front... Like, I can not really say, oh, is it... Does he prefer Maris? Does he f- prefer, p- yeah. prefer Bernardo or... But is he that sort of manager? Or does he just play the best team for the opponent?
1: He's a bit of a tinkerer.
2: He always yeah. kind of has been. Oh, even as City yeah, fans, we don't know what, what he's going to actually choose and who he's going to pick week in, week out. Mm. And that's the beauty of it, of having so much uh, strength in depth. But also, can that back four form a relationship, a working relationship where they know where the other person's going mm. to be. We've still got left back issues. We've had Delph, we've had Zinchenko, we've had Angelino, we've had Mendy. None of them have managed to uh, to make that position their own. Mm. And that's where we've struggled in these key areas. We don't know who needs to be playing. I mentioned about Vincent Company. We knew week in, week out, it was going to be Company and Laporte after Laporte arrived. So now who do we go for? If Laporte's injured, is it going to be Aki? Is it going to be Stones, Laporte, Otamendi, this Ruben Diaz coming in here as well? We don't know.
3: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I I was reading a thing the other day about, um, and you're not going to like this at all, Carl, but about Ferguson's (laughs) reign. Um, And it was this (laughs) idea of obviously, once City had won the league, you know, like twice in a row and gone from there and I think Liverpool are starting to do it now that like they've brought in Thiago and they're making like very small changes and it's that idea of keeping I know it was hard with company because he was getting on but it's like this idea with City where they keep bringing like players in and if that doesn't work we'll bring in a load more defenders and keep changing it keep dropping and changing up front and what, what you need for that sort of like to sustain success up top is you sort of have your like Starting eleven, you have that team. Everyone knows who's going to play for Liverpool every week. Yeah. and then you just at the end of the season or in January, you just tinker a little bit. You just add a little bit there or make it slightly more dynamic. Drop a few people out of falling out of favor. And for me, at City, it always feels quite, quite drastic. Like there's this idea for them to be the sort of like Beal and all to complete football and to be this like perfect team. <laughs> and I think there's sort of, I'm not, I'm not sure what you think as a City fan, but there's this idea of like there's there's not enough consistency there.
2: Definitely. I think that's been an issue we've had, especially if you look at it last season, because we lost nine games. I mean, nine games isn't a lot to lose, but it is if you're trying to be Premier League champions Mm. when Manchester City have already hit the levels that we have. The Mm. reason Liverpool managed to do what they did last season is because of Manchester City the season before them two chasing each other. We set the standard. Liverpool have got to raise that level and we've got to continue chasing them. And City haven't been consistent enough to, to be able to actually do that. And I think if you look in that starting 11, it's not a starting 11 week in, week out. It's different players coming in. Phil Foden, we, he, we're going to start to see him now. I think, in that starting eleven. But last season, we didn't know if he was going to play, if he wasn't going to play. You could guarantee that Kevin De Bruyne was going to be starting if he was fit, Raheem Sterling. But you mentioned Mares, Bernardo, Ilkay Gundogan, Rodri. We don't know who's actually going to be playing week in, week out. And I think that's been a bit of an issue for us. But it's something we have to balance when you you're competing in four competitions.
0: It's also an absolute nightmare for FPL.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't believe a Captain De Bruyne. It's just one of those oh. one of those things.
4: I, I think, think I
2: got I put Son in and yeah. uh, he got he got uh, one point I think. Here's yeah. really my captain, you might, my captain. Take him, you might want yeah. to yeah. take him
1: straight back out, he won't be can't around fall. for a while. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so um, from Man City adding a lot of quality and you know transfers, we've seen Chelsea do it this summer. They weren't allowed to do it last summer. Um, but they have this summer, but they've still not really hit the heights of what we thought they might have done at the start of the season. I know a lot of people were already talking about, can they challenge for the title? Mm. Can they, yeah. you know, the impact of these big signings they've had, obviously Timo Werner, Havertz, um, you know, as as two who are just, you know, exceptional players. But but we saw that West Brom game and mm. obviously they went 3-0 down. They still managed to get back and, and draw, but it was just... And Thiago Silva's mistake, and yeah. it did look a bit like it was on fire. It was, was on fire. Was <laughs> it was It was riffing into Thiago Silva, riffing into I've Chelsea. Got, I've
0: got a question on the on the whole Chelsea thing. Just that's come to mind about Thiago Silva coming straight in as a captain. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah what it was, was a little bit, about? was a little
1: bit curious that one. I thought, yeah. have you really earned that right?
0: I, I, I was having a debate with my mates. They were saying, yeah, look at Rooney at Derby and blah blah blah. And I was like, but Rooney's like a. Chelsea's a top club. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
4: Chelsea's a top.
1: No, yeah, if that, no if there's a any Derby, Derby, Derby fans that might listen to this. Like
4: Ro- Rooney's like he's. I'm not going to say he's bigger than Derby, but like he's he's would be their best player, obviously. If yeah, you know, by a, their most by experience. A country mile. It's the same, you know. Um, but yeah, Thiago coming in is straight as Thiago Silva coming in straight as captains. A very weird one. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a few weird decisions from Lampard personally. It's just the mm-hmm. start of the season and like how he built up the youth of last season it's felt totally, like this whole glamour story about you know um Tammy Abraham and Rhys James and I know that they're, they're still being involved but I just felt like oh by the way we need all these world yeah players I mean it these.
1: just it's, it's not really f- very nice but then again look how Chelsea have always operated with their with yeah. their youth you know Vitesse and all those, <laughs> those <laughs> way back-end places on loan it's just um it's confusing because you would have thought they didn't actually need to strengthen as much as they have done has it has it and benefited them so far
4: yeah we're not going to be too reactionary they
2: probably it's will click they're, they're, also, well, they're also one now yeah they're yeah. Also yeah i didn't want to say i was laughing to myself <laughs> because I, when we introduced this topic i thought let me have a quick look at the uh, the uh, score <laughs> and it's Werner who scored yeah, as well yeah well, um, I think it's it's a difficult position for Lampard because he's done so well last season. Yes, it was fourth and it could have been third. Um, very, very close to doing that. But look at the squad that he's done. it. He's come in, he's not been able to buy anyone and they've managed to save all of that money and we've seen them splash the cash right here and have they needed to? Yeah, let's let's be honest because City have done it. Liverpool have done it over the years. Liverpool fans will swear blind to you that they've not spent any money. They've <laughs> spent loads of money. <laughs> they've had to. Yeah. And Chelsea have had to do the same. And if you look at Havertz, if you look at Werner, if you look at Ziyech, you look at these players that they brought in, they're world class and that should be a team that's challenging. But, they've not done what you said there about Man City or about Liverpool, especially is getting to the end of a season and adding one or two players and letting them help the, help the team. They've just gone in, they've spent big, they've spent so much. And Mm. that means everyone's going to have their eyes on them. And that's, I think, a downfall of football because they can't just get on. As soon as Thiago Silva makes that mistake, obviously social media is going to blow up because yeah. everyone's looking at him. They got him on a free. He's 36 years old, but they've given him the captain's armband. So there's that responsibility there and he slipped.
3: Yeah, I saw an amazing thing about that. It's like talking about how reactionary it is. And I think you're right. The, the eyes on Chelsea this year and for Lampard and I saw... I think it was when they were three 0 down. I saw one tweet saying he was Tim Sherwood with a Latin A level, and then they get it, and then they, and then they get it back to three all, and it's like he's you know the best thing since sliced bread. Know. And so it's, yeah, it is. They're they're gonna have a lot on them this year. because I think last year one thing people sort of had a little go at for Chelsea was this idea of you know plucky Chelsea with their young players. They're like they've still got a brilliant squad, yeah. but yeah. now it's like. Well, this is it, isn't it? You've been given what you wanted, and that, that closing on, that gap on, on City and Liverpool's—you know—ridiculously tough job. But mm. they're probably the best place to do it, I think.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously Lampard had a free hit. Last season, really, Completely. everyone said the same. It was like, and he did an amazing job to get them into the top four, really. So, mm. this season, you know, Abramovich isn't going to be as lenient, really, is he? So, so where We've should Chelsea any...
1: be finishing this season? Because when you spend all that money, you've got to think any lower than third. Top three, I think and they have to
3: be best of the rest. I think that's you think they've got to be top time. three. So yeah, if they're yeah.
1: finishing fourth, fifth, then surely he hasn't. He's not doing what? Yeah, what yeah, he's been brought got, in yeah, to got do. Got to but the way he's been backed, the, <laughs> the way he's been backed, he's got to be doing third or upwards. But I mean, look, it might develop over the course of the season. They've got a to gel together. It's been pretty much three games. So, yeah. we're, you know, we're not <laughs> judging too soon. might develop over the next 45 minutes or so. <laughs> over the next 45 minutes, constantly checking the phone. <laughs> uh-
4: <laughs> not being too reactionary, moving on to then Everton. Everton. Mm-hmm. Who are obviously top of the league? Joint yeah, top, of league? top of the league. Yeah, top of the league. And James Rodriguez, who's what signing. coming into, yeah probably one of the signs of the summer. And yeah, I mean, can they, they've got an incredible manager. Everyone, yeah, everyone knows that uh, renowned, world renowned manager. Can they finish in a European spot? Like tops, I guess top six is the question for them, isn't it? Mm.
2: It's a hard one, isn't it? Because you look at them, you look at that team, you look at Rodriguez, you look at Alan, you look at Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's banging goals in left, right, centre. And then you look at Ancelotti as well, and you think they've got everything there to do it. But, is always one team who looked great at the beginning of the season and then fall off. For years, it was Tottenham. Sorry to break it to you guys. <laughs> uh, but then Everton could be that team. Now we saw it with Leicester as well. You've got to have the consistency to do it over 38 games. It's mm. great there. Joint top of the league now. But can they do that for another 35 games? I, I'm not sure.
1: I think the only thing that benefits them is they've got no European football. So yeah. for them, it's just playing you know once a once a week or a cup game here and there whereas you know you've got Wolves Arsenal Tottenham who are, are Wolves in it Wolves are in it Wolves are in yeah, it Wolves yeah Wolves are in it yeah. so you've got Wolves Arsenal Tottenham who are still all you know kind of got a million games and especially Tottenham you look at Leicester as well yeah. so it's it's about who can kind of sustain it the most and this season's going to be we're going to feel like an extra long one because of the cramming in of all the games
0: yeah mm. uh, yeah I was, I was going to make the same comparison to Spurs it's like um you know they've got all the quality they've got a really good team they just haven't done it they haven't okay they've made it into Europe consistently Um, but they they've almost flattered to deceive I guess in a way I hate to say but you know it's going to be
4: squad depth for Everton as well mm. like if a Hammers Rodriguez gets injured or a Richarlison or yeah. a Calvert-Lewin like who really comes into that That's team is it going to be Theo Walcott Gonna make the oh, That's what we said about Leicester, though, and it was <laughs> yeah, like they'll yeah. fall Alex, off the- Alex, the- Alex, Alex <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. Like they looked, there was
3: times last season, where they just looked bang average, right? And it's like if you do take a couple of those stars out, if that, you know, if it does go badly, for mm. them, how's that going to happen? But I do still think like they've got a charm about them at the moment as well, which is still like quite an important factor. I think they seem to be quite a lot of people's second club. People want them to do well. They've got a good fan base, and I think actually it's the same thing for Leeds, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? As well, I mean, you look at them, you look at Bamford Bamford scoring Premier League goals like if 2020 (laughs) wasn't weird enough I think like it's the same with them right it's like how high can they finish there's no fans in there there's not a load of pressure on them besides staying up it's sort of like right go and see what you can do and enjoy it and I think like I don't know if Leeds can be what hoping for maybe top half of the table that's probably what they're going for I
4: mean I guess it's stay up at all costs but like yeah they're going to be looking upwards for sure I think after the start of the season Hmm. and like you looking at like Sheffield not starting very well, and mm-hmm. like the ga- as you say, like games piling up for other teams, and um, you know, Fulham and West Brom like don't look like they're going to make a massive threat. So you can look at you can sort of start looking up a little bit if you're. Paddy around. Power
0: have paid out on Fulham to go down, haven't they? They they're have, ready? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> paid oh out. And Carragher oh. said on Monday Night Football as well he was like was they're shocking. down they're down how can
1: you call that after three games though
3: it's an interesting one though I had, my, one of my friends is a really big Fulham fan and he was almost a, not gutted they came up because it's great to come up <laughs> right but he was like he said under oh, God, under no. Parker he said they they don't really have any identity like, they sort of went up because they had quite good players like yeah. better players than the teams around them and yeah. that was enough to get them through enough games to get promoted he said but they don't seem to have I think in the way, even West Brom looks like a sort of you know structure, and they're gonna have a way that they well, not, play. Not
1: that much structure after yeah, conceding three but, goals. I mean, like they,
3: <laughs> but you know, like the fact they're even just scoring in them, Fulham aren't. And I think, like, yeah. I don't know what you think, Carl, but like I think Fulham are just done already.
2: Well, I put them in my three to one of my three to go down uh, before the season even started, and I think you're looking at them, and I think the reason why Carragher said they are going to go down is because. Well, they just, the the lap buster performance last night, it was so disappointing. And then you look at them as a club and you see what is happening with the board and the people above as well. Tony Khan, the apology on Twitter last night. Like, I mean, Parker's come out, Scott's come out and said that this isn't this isn't helpful, of course it's not helpful. Why are you trying to engage with fans after you put out that performance last night? Twitter's the, the worst place in the world at the best of times, so why take it onto, onto social media? And I think that kind of shows the mentality of that club. And it's a shame because they've got some incredible players. I love going to Craven Cottage, I've been very lucky to go there a few times, but I just think, mm-hmm. I think you look at them now and go, they look like they're only staying at the bottom of the, the table.
0: The Khan thing's like the modern-day equivalent of the chairman going into the dressing room at half-time, isn't it? Like, <laughs> come on, lads, we can do this. I <laughs> mean, for your centre-backs,
4: looking at it, and your, your chairman's come out and said, we want more centre-backs. <laughs> it's like, uh, this you thing. know, OK, fine, all right, thanks for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll just See I'll just know. sit on the bench for the rest of the season if you don't need me now, even though I was starting the game. Yeah,
1: but when you look at the fact that they came up anyway, they weren't they, they weren't really... I mean they were they were good in the playoffs, but they actually probably didn't really deserve to it come like up. Brentford yeah, you know, Brentford were kinda of nailed on until they bottled it with the last like three games to go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's always the way with the playoffs. The one that, you know, usually comes up is the one that's like just squeezed in there. So if you were basing it off of really how uh, how well play. they did last season, not not really. I really I do hope
4: great. Parker does well though. I hope he gets them out of it because I love him as a as a Park as life. A, <laughs> <laughs> please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I, I love him as a manager and i think his his speech after the playoff final as well that's part Very, life. is that what, that, yeah. that, that his tweet um, yeah. Right, yeah. i was okay. not <laughs> <I didn't> think... <laughs> the same part like the manchester my festival yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> firstly we've talked about man city we talked about chelsea liverpool put on a show last night um mm. and were i mean we were watching them i made a lot of sounds while mm. they were playing like <laughs> just like brilliant and Mane, Salah even like Wijnaldum in the middle was amazing Fabinho mm. then obviously you got Van I mean you can go through the whole team they were all amazing mm. uh, and the full backs um, but I'm yeah I may as well mention Joe Gomez yeah. and I think their keeper was great as well so yeah, made some good um, but they've also added Jota and he got his debut goal mm. um, despite the even defense, more squad so. depth even more squad depth so surely they're going to they're going to be back to back Premier League, back to
2: back champions. Draft,
1: Draft before, and
2: they could be uh, centurions, Kyle. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> uh, even if they do get 100 points, they're not the centurions. That was that save <laughs> for us. who were the first to do it. Now you've got to look at that team, and you've got to just go as a as a football fan. You got to go, wow! Look yeah. at them; they're incredible. People always talk about. Well, City fans always talk about the fact we got 198 points over two seasons. They got 196. So they're not far behind us. Like, let's be honest, they've got 196 over two seasons. One of them, they they came second. The other one, they came first. That's absolutely ridiculous. They lost that league, but they still got 97 points. Yeah. And then they come back to have the consistency the following season, the passion, the, the guts to go, we lost it in horrible fashion last season. We're going to come back and we're going to do this. And we're going to get uh ninety nine points, it's incredible. And mm. I've got to hold my hands up and say, Wow, like mm. I I hate the fact they're so good because Man City have been incredible over the last ten years. But we've seen another team that have raised it to another level. And as I said before, I mean City and Liverpool have both raised that bar and now City have got to match it and if we can, who knows? But it's just nice to actually watch Liverpool play at times.
0: Mm.
4: They did it with the Champions League as well, didn't they? So you can yeah. see the mentality yeah. they have. Yeah, they went and lost the Champions League final and then they were just went back and were like, well, we'll win it this year. We'll and, win it and this then year. it was like, that was it. Okay, it, cool. it was
1: interesting because they'd, they'd obviously learned how to approach a final yeah. of that magnitude the second time against, uh, against Tottenham. They just yeah. knew, come in, let you play your game. We'll just sit there and just kind of pick you up. Obviously, the penalty in the first 23 seconds was also helpful, <laughs> but... Um, that but, was the difference. So. That, them, that, like. that was the difference. But they, yeah. you know, they they saw it. They'd learned from from the season before. So you can only kind of praise them for all the all the stuff they've won and how much they've grown. If you go back, kind of four or five years, where they were at, with the you know when the Gerrard slip happened and how much they've grown and rebuilt kind of the club. Because yeah. for a long period of time, they were very much like seventh, eighth in the league, and then they've just yeah. kind of really just brought themselves back.
2: Yeah. A little little secret about that Champions League final, the uh, Spurs Liverpool won. I was in the Spurs end that day. That was yeah. that was a depressing day. Yeah, I was sat yeah. there, and after you two minutes, it. I looked around and I thought, "Wow, I'm a neutral, and this is depressing for me as well." Should have sat in the Liverpool. End. Yeah, I was in
0: the hottest pub in the world for that it was game. Like Thirty-seven it was,
4: degrees, in, in, and yeah. in London, obviously. But
0: um, I literally spent. I had a pint on my neck the whole game. I didn't. I, well, yeah, barely watched. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> Horrible experience. Um, I think we should do um, everyone's Premier League signing of the summer. I think we should go around. Ooh. Um, who wants to start? Abby, do you want to start?
1: No, let's let Carl start. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. As he's, he's the guest. As the guest let's yeah. let Carl yeah. let start. Okay, so my. Oh, we're talking about them again. Liverpool, uh, Tiago. Mm. What a signing. I think that that is a, such a smart signing yes he's got COVID-19 now he's tested positive so he's out for two weeks but <laughs> um, what a smart signing it was because you might have seen that Pep has, has always said Tiago or nothing he was the first player that he brought to uh, Bayern Munich and I think that he's just his perfect player and I'm not sure I don't understand why he's not gone in for him this time Maybe because we've got Rodri, Fernandinho, our midfield is absolutely stacked. But you've got to look at what Liverpool are doing and they're tweaking and they're making the right tweaks. And that is possibly why, well, they will be at the top of the table. Maybe not the very top, but but right up there. Mm.
0: Cam?
4: Um, I'm I've, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've got to agree with you on Thiago I mean, when they signed him for, what, 30 million euros? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah something ridiculous like, to I think we all looked at it like, what? how? It's not yeah. fair, <laughs> fair like, He literally <laughs> just won the Champions League and bossed it Like, bossed the Champions League as well Not even just involved And, yeah, I mean, absolutely signing summer. Obviously, with my heart as well, though, Bale um, Just for, you know, the factor of him coming back to the Premier League And what he could potentially do for for Spurs as well I think. Um yeah, honorable mention, but Thiago.
0: Liam, mm, I I
4: would like to say
3: Bale but I don't think it is. I think it, I think it's James Rodriguez. Um I I think Thiago going there is unfair. It's like a cheat code. But <laughs> but I think if you're looking Thiago will make Liverpool great, but they will they were great anyway and I think if you look at a player like to come in and transform a team. Um yeah. There were so many times, you know, it wasn't too long ago Everton had Sam Allardyce in charge and they, like, wow. looking at them trying to create goals and I think, obviously he's come in with the an- Ancelotti had him at, at Real Ambi and Bayern's, there was already a link there and it sort of, it made sense, but... The Colombian cruncher. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> but it's that thing of, like, seeing him come in and people are, you know, can he do it in the Premier League? It was that, like, classic thing, yeah. it's like, of course he and can, he's a very, very good footballer. Yeah. Um, and so I think in terms of, like, one player who's going to have an effect on a club in a positive way, I would... I would say Hamis Rodriguez. Fair enough, Abby? Am I going there? Yeah, Do you I'm want going
1: to last. last. <laughs> well, you both said Tiago, so Tiago probably would have been my shout. Um, and you've said Bale, but I'm going to go with Bale because I think the yeah. effect that it will have. Hopefully, if he gets back to the type of level he was at, at Madrid or, I mean, at Tottenham previous. I mean, for for Tottenham, that's massive. That's that could be the difference of you know finishing top four that can be the the, the difference of of winning a trophy so that type of signing we haven't made a marquee-ish signing for such a long time and even though he's obviously been there before bringing him back and regardless of you know being cheap and commercially just a no-brainer I think having him in 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 a front three with Kane and Son I just think it's just a ridiculous front three that that scares any defense and it's just it's just that little something extra to get you over the line and especially when Tottenham don't have another striker it's just mm. another outlet because when you look at the other options you have taking the goals of Kane and Son out of the team you're left with obviously Bergwijn, Lucas, Lamella and you look at their goal contribution and it's not particularly high but putting someone like Gareth Bale into the mix you know that he's got Gale, you know he's got goals you know mm-hmm. he scores free kicks which Tottenham haven't really had you know we had Eriksen but most Tottenham fans will tell you that the, the specialist free kick thing—it it, was—it's a dream. It's a—it's a myth. It's a—it's a, 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 a pipe dream. Um, so I think it's—I think it's a great signing. I think it's one that potentially could be the difference of where Tottenham finish this season, albeit if everyone sixth is fit. Fifth. Yeah, six to, <laughs> sixth to fifth—that's growth. <laughs> That's big moves.
0: I—I am also going to say Gareth Bale. I know it's boring and people, <laughs> um, but I'm going to say it for a different reason. I know that he's going to bring so much to the club, but. Football for me is about is, is about memories, and Gareth Bale has brought some of the greatest memories of my fo- my footballing life that I've I've ever experienced, and I just I can't wait to see what he's going to bring the, the second time round.
1: That's why he went last.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <They> went last. Like <laughs> well, it's boring. That was the emotion. <laughs> <amazing. laughs>
2: Another one I will throw out there is Aubameyang, uh, Aubameyang. uh signing ditting as everyone was going on about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, No, him signing for Arsenal I think is massive because he's got what it takes now to actually go on and be a legend at that club. And to be a Premier League legend as well, he's going to, I think over the next two or three years, I think he'll stick around and won't be surprised if we see him get a few more golden boots.
1: Do you think the biggest loss for City is Arteta?
2: I didn't until very recently. I've been thinking about it more and more. From things that I've heard, he had a great working relationship with the players. He one on one worked with them. Obviously, he was a great player himself, so he understands that side of the game. So that might be something that we have lost. What he's managed to do at Arsenal, and what I think he'll go on to do, is kind of cement himself in there and really show the world that he is a class manager. He learnt from, I'd say, one of, if not the best manager in the world. And I think that is a massive loss for us. But he didn't want to sit at number two for the, the foreseeable future. I think he might have seen that Pep is actually staying for... X amount of time so if that does happen then he wants to go on and he wants to learn his craft himself and I'd welcome him back though definitely <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean he's proven himself already hasn't he he's yeah. won
4: a trophy he's changed the. I mean I think it was Roy Keane who said it last night as well just like he's changed the culture of Arsenal you don't feel like they're going to roll over you don't feel like they're going to um yeah just make up the numbers they are a genuine real threat especially in cup competitions it seems like Mm because they one-on-one against some of the big teams can beat them so um but yeah talking of people that left the club we talked about company we talked about arteta david silver um obviously a legend at city
2: is he your greatest player ever would you say oh it's difficult um Yeah, I think definitely in my lifetime, 100%. I think having the, being allowed to watch him play, actually giving, me paying to watch him, but I pay again, I pay X amount of (laughs) money, I pay anything to watch him in City colours once again, because he is genuinely world-class. He's provided us with so many different assists and so many different memories that are just incredible. When he was leaving the club, Man City did this video where they placed a pair of his boots on different parts every single part of the pitch where he's he's created an assist and you look at them and you just go wow the amount of memories and moments he's created for us as Man City fans is special and genuinely watching him play I think he's up there with the best Premier League midfielders not just the best City player to ever play actually he's in the category of best Premier League midfielders and he'll never get the Respect, I think he deserves, or the flowers that I think he deserves. But I think people will watch him and go, "Yeah, he was something special."
3: It's a weird one, is isn't it? I think he is. When you sort of think about it, he is undoubtedly one of the best Premier League midfielders ever. But maybe a little bit of time needs to go past before that happens. People are like him much better reminiscent than they are when it's just happened. Mm. But like Van Gogh, yeah. But it's like maybe, maybe it he is football's Van Gogh because it's like it's that thing where he. He like you look at his stats, look at what he's done. It's like ten years at City just being class, and it's like in you know City's most successful ever period. So yeah, there there is a weird thing though. I think everyone appreciates that he is that level, but he doesn't he doesn't get put into those conversations as often as as he probably should.
2: Definitely, and I think that's one of the annoying things that has come with social media culture when it comes to football. We look at people will look at who can do the craziest skills. People will look at. Who's the fastest player people will look at who's the the player with all the flair and the players who actually do their job incredibly well and actually a beautiful little style of football that they play they get forgotten about at times because some will say it's boring but i watch it and go that's an inch perfect pass yeah mm. it's incredible and i think that that's being forgotten about at times mm. suarez
4: let's go for some european football uh suarez Suarez left Barcelona. Messi came out in a fit of rage by by his standards by saying he's not surprised by the Barca board anymore. Obviously he was, you know, angling to leave all, all summer really. Uh then he comes and scores on his debut for Atletico. Um I feel like I feel like what is it? 5 million Atletico got Suarez for. Mm. I mean
0: that could be signing. That the could summer, be yeah. signing
4: this summer for for anyone. I mean, he's a he's a world class striker, mm. gone to Atletico to team up with Diego Costa, and <laughs> just their team looks a bit scary. Really, when you're coming up, if you're a centre back, I don't think you're looking forward to that game. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Barcelona is a bit of a bit of a topic of conversation. I think they're obviously in a real rebuild at the moment. But how do they compete with Real Madrid and obviously the Liverpool and Cities of the. The world Especially
2: well. when when Messi's coming to Man City next year, <laughs> uh, as as everyone knows, surely. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Barcelona, they seem to be imploding a little bit. There's so much, well, there's so many much po- political kind of aggression that's happening within that club. Everyone's fighting everyone. It feels like, and when you've got the best, arguably the best player in the world, um, coming out and saying that. On publicly talking about the board and talking about that, you can see that things just aren't right. And looking at Suarez, that might be the, the best move just for him because why wouldn't he want to leave there now? He, he's mm. done his time at Barcelona. He can move on, scores on his debut, can play with Costa, as you said, plays under Simeone. I mean, it's, it's incredible.
1: More manager here is as, as well. When you look at Simeone like always rated him so highly and he's so loyal as well you can't just like pry him away from Atletico <laughs> but when you look at Barca and you think okay they bought in Ronald Koeman and obviously yes he's a Barca kind of legend but would that really like Inspiring. inspire you to play i reckon player. Messi looked at that and thought honestly fuck that like yeah. Yeah. I've played under I've, I've played under some of the most unbelievable managers and now you give me Ronald Koeman who like couldn't even get Everton yeah. qualified for He'll Europa who are more of a
3: legend than anyway
4: yeah. so it's like, it's not that <laughs> it doesn't is sort of yeah
1: is that is that why maybe Messi kind of turned or was he turning already
2: I
4: think he was ready to go
1: Yeah
2: I think he's done his time there and he's seen kind of how the the decline of of Barcelona and he probably has got itchy feet and wanting to leave. And it's difficult because he's only on a year contract and it's gone past the date where his contract just rolls on. And again, with Messi, Messi's bigger than than Barcelona in a way. Messi himself is his own entity. So that's massive for, for him. So he's now looking, well, what, what does the future hold? I want to go and do something else. And he could stay there and finish, what, second, third at times in La Liga, or he can go off and actually win some more titles and earn some more money, so I think that he will leave at some point, but it does seem to be kind of this rebuild um, that's happening with um, with Barcelona, it might not be happening because all these players are being linked everywhere, United have been linked with uh, Dembele now as well, I mean this is, this is huge, and if he does go, I just can't really see a future for Barcelona
1: you never we, know.
3: Who knows? Um... Carl, we are gonna do a little something with you. It's a little game you like to play um, okay. called against the run of play. Um, so we've got a few sort of quick fire questions for you. We just want you to say that we're gonna give you two options when you to say the first one that comes into your mind. Of course, there's no wrong answer, um, although there is as well. Um, so we will be judging you. Um, but yeah, we've just got a few questions and let us know what you prefer and what you think. Um, so okay. First one. first one: Man United or Liverpool?
2: Oh, Liverpool. Messi. Ooh.
3: Is that. Is that are you go Liverpool? Stick him in Liverpool. That? Liverpool. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Uh,
2: Ronaldo is the better athlete. Ronaldo. Okay. Ooh. Okay.
3: Is that an answer to the question? I think, we'll, yeah, it's a, it's a political answer, but we'll <laughs> let him have it. Um, next one. You can't say David Silver to this one. Um, Lampard or Gerard?
2: Lampard, Man City legend.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather watch a forty-yard screamer or a perfect tiki-taka team goal, Pep-esque, if you like?
2: Forty-yard screamer. I'm sorry, Pep. Michael Tarnat's free kick, free kick for Man City years ago mm-hmm. tops any City goal of recent. <laughs> <laughs> Even the company one, also company. Yeah. Oh, com- I mean, yeah, that was special. But <laughs> I lo- I- I've got to say, Ilano's free kick as well. Come on, mm-hmm. those are the good yeah, old yeah. days.
3: Yeah. Um, if you were a manager would you be a suit manager or a tracksuit manager
2: none I'd do it like Pep and just be really cool with like <laughs> Zara like, police yeah and Stone Island or D squared you know just to <laughs> no suit suit I think got to closer be. to suit than tracksuit okay yeah.
3: um, and then last one England win the World Cup or Man City finally win the Champions League
2: Silence. England win the World Cup Nice. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think it You're has to be a national You're thinking team, of us it? there.
4: You're thinking we have never seen anyone win anything. <laughs> <so>. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm thinking of, yeah, I mean, I thinking of what would happen was there'd be no more coronavirus because the world would just be a better place. England would be free <laughs> of everything negative. No one would go back to work for about six months. Everyone would just enjoy themselves. Yeah. The sun would be shining and we would have won the World Cup.
0: Oh, what well, that wow, a perfect
4: video? way to end. Oh, the oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, yeah, we'll let you go. We'll let let you go. Thanks. Thanks so have much. a lovely evening. Thank you. It's been nice. lovely. It's been good to see you all. Well, all well, right. Yeah, we'll have Just you on again, t- soon, t- talk though, again soon. Yes, whenever you would like me, I'm here. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes, pre you later.
0: Bye. City's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. Yes, Bye.
4: Thanks for listening to Episode 7 of the Run of Play podcast. It was great to chat with Carl about some of the biggest talking points from the season so far and his beloved Manchester City. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a rating. It's much appreciated. You can also follow us at Run of Play on Twitter and Instagram for more content. Run of Play will be back very soon with another expert guest and we'll see you then. Stay tuned.